0: Architecture I am Sara Colada, an architect and organizer of the Disrupt Symposium, the first of its kind Business of Architecture event, bringing to stage major architecture practices to cover topics related to entrepreneurship and practice operations within the AEC industry. I am an Architecture Business Development Consultant and my goal is to raise the financial well being of architects through effortless business growth. Each podcast episode features an expert or thought leader from the AEC industry who shares their journey, challenges, and advice. Now, let's dive into this episode and welcome our guests for an exclusive interview. Hello, everybody. Welcome to yet another Architecture Talk Time with Sara Kolata. Today, we're going to talk about quite a fascinating topic, actually, for me. I've got Oliver Lowry from Lowry Architects out of London, right?
1: Yeah, we're based in East London.
0: Excellent. And what we're going to talk about is their fascination in the metaverse and also their projects, which are building with net zero technology and sustainable projects so i'm really interested to deep dive into that concept of how architecture practices are moving from delivering sustainability projects and building sustainably and now looking into also the future of the metaverse because it's obviously on everyone's mind we're talking a lot about the metaverse right now it's become quite a hip topic but what about sustainability especially for those practices that really Value sustainable delivery. So, Oli, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing?
1: I'm very good, thank you. Thank you very much for having me on the podcast. Very exciting oh. on this. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about you and the practice first, so we get to know you a bit.
1: Um, yeah. So, me and John Ackroyd set up Ackroyd Larry about seven or eight years ago. We've got about thirty people based in this cool warehouse in East London, which you can see a bit of. Anyway, it's quite fun. It's an old art gallery. It's uh, We spent a lot of energy and time making it doing it up and it's uh, it's like a kind of fun warehouse of got lots of vr technology and uh, creative people so it's it's a lovely place to work me and john met when we were at archetype and archetype a very pioneering sustainable company they quite a lot of education projects but they really were real pioneers of passive house and self-build but sustainability was in their core but it was Specific, like a lot of it was about the kind of individual building performance and so i think you know i was there for sort of 10 years basically and john was there for about six or seven and we began working together in our spare time just discussing ideas and i think one of the things that that we thought was that architect was an amazing company that i would never criticize but we felt that the scale of the problems in the world was such that dealing with it building by building wasn't really going to be the answer And so therefore we wanted to deal with things at a city scale. And that was really the birth of our company was that we were like, okay, can we build a company? Yes. It's not going to design cities to start with. we have to do a load of house extensions and, you know, all this stuff you have to do in the middle. But our, you know, our aim was to end up working at the scale of cities and that involves politics and economics and stuff that's actually outside of architecture, but we find really interesting. That is, that's the trajectory of the company. We are now working on master plans. And I think, you know, one of the things that really I'm interested at the moment is this idea of net zero master planning. So I think it's easy to make a building, not, okay, look, nothing's that easy about net zero, but individually, if you take one building and it's, as long as it's not, you know, a super tall building and you put some renewables on it, like it's not impossible to get it to, to be a version of zero carbon, you know? And I think if you, particularly if you exclude certain things, travel to it. If you think about master planning then, you're like, it's, you know, you should really be thinking about how the sort of transport around the city works. And so net zero master planning and this kind of idea of 15 minute cities is really interesting and it's, you know, it's an emerging area of thought. And I think, you know, we're very keen to engage in it. And I think that's, that's, what, that's my fascination at the moment.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. I love the fact that you are taking it from the building to the master plan and you say right now you're working on cities and this was a focus of the practice for the last few years. Are you implementing cities that are net zeros or attempting to within the projects that you're delivering right now?
1: Yes. Yeah, so one of the master plans that we're working on in East London, we're working with a consultant specifically on how we can d- do net zero master planning. Like, I don't know that it's within our abilities to necessarily gu- guarantee that, that going to be the outcome, but it's certainly the conversation. So this is a master plan that it's on an industri- industrial, industrial of London. And so... In London, if you are replacing, if you're building on industrial sites, you have to replace that industrial. So there will be industrial elements of the master plan and residential. So you have this kind of hybrid, you know, it's a city scale project. It's around, probably around a thousand residential units, but a lot of employment generated, but generating, you know, facilities like in industry, there's a little town center and within that we've got a lot to play with. You know, is there a possibility of using heat from the industrial to heat The residential, those are the sort of ideas that we're playing with. And can you have a town center that provides for workspaces and actually school places? That's a big, you know, a big transport driver is the school run. And if you've got schools within that master plan, can that prevent people from actually having to drive to drop off the kids? Yes. You know, it's it's those ideas. Can we create this little town within East London on a sort of industrial site? And it's, it's a really exciting project.
0: Sure. And it's pretty interesting because I know that London obviously is sustainably minded. I think a lot of investors within London and developers are looking actually to put their money into projects that face the, those issues and solve sustainability related issues through construction and also like later on usability of spaces. So it's interesting and intriguing that, of course, you're looking into sort of doing that on that scale. And I'd love to see how that turns out, but. I know that you recently have become very fascinated by the metaverse and I'm understanding that journey started with developing more and more VR technology in the projects that you've been working on previously. And so that's just feels like a natural advancement to now be interested in the metaverse. But do you want to tell me a little bit more about that journey?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's quite fun. It's quite a funny journey. I think well, the start of it is quite funny. So after we'd been running the business for a year, we we decided we'd have this big party like it wasn't we didn't even know really that many people in the industry so it, like my mum was there my girlfriend a load of our friends you know like it was and then some clients and we just had we had it was like a warehouse around the corner from this warehouse actually and we just had a big party because that's what we know how to do and we had all of our models of the buildings there like with 3d we had a 3d printer like wearing away printing a building because we were interested in that we had images up, CGI's and stuff. And we were like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if people could actually walk through one of our projects and we were like, why don't we get, so we went to this like secondhand game store and bought like an Oculus quest, I think it was. And then a PlayStation control and we just rigged it up to a desktop PC and we had it hanging in this kind of like white sort of studio space. And then we projected then what people were seeing when they were in the 3d model and honestly it had a queue, like of people all night wanting to go and walk around. And it was one of, our, one of our projects that we were working on. It was a film and photographic studio. And so one of the people at the party was a client and he went, wait, I wanna have a go. And so he goes, he's like, why have you not shown me this before? This is amazing. I can literally walk through the studio and see what it's gonna be like. And also I've got to say, there's so much stuff I want to change now that I've seen it. And we were like, oh my God, we're onto something here. And the, the least sustainable thing that you can possibly do is build something wrong. Right, You're going to have to change it. And that it doesn't matter if it's a building or a city, that's true. And so we've, you know, we've really pushed the VR thing. We were the first company to start using VR with planners. So in the UK, you have meeting, you know, a, the planning process in the UK is anything but straightforward, but you have these pre-application meetings where you meet with the planners and we would put the design offices into the VR heads. So we had one project as a hotel in Clapham, South London, where it was next to a listed building. We were going taller than the listed building, but the story was set right back so you couldn't see it from the street. And the, walked into the meeting and the design officer was like, You're not having it, you're not having that extra story. And I was like, Wait, get in the VR, walk down the road in the conservation area and tell me if you can see the mansard. And so he did it. And he walked down and he went, actually, you're right, you can't see it. And so we got that extra story. Wow. Um, you know, it started from a perspective of making of engaging with clients, but and that came from a, like a lot of the background that john my business partner whilst the architect, was he did this research project doing post-occupancy evaluation on our buildings that actually we both worked on so i'd done the original design he delivered it and then he went back and did this two-year study on the energy levels and user satisfaction etc and like it scored really well it was in the top five percent of all buildings that have ever been studied in terms of user satisfaction which is fantastic but a lot of the feedback was like why is this like this why is this like this and it's because in a school, you're, you're showing people plans who aren't used to reading plans and then expecting them to make informed decisions. And so we now, we design schools now, AL, and we've had the head of the schools every time in the VR and they've been, of all of our clients, the ones to spend the longest time in there because they really want to test and understand how these spaces are gonna work together. And they're like, ah, mm, "How ooh, there's a bit of a bottleneck here. You know, when everybody leaves the lunch hall, they're going to all get stuck here. We, something's happening on my computer, So You know, it's about trying to make sure that the design is right because... That's the most sustainable thing you can do. And, you know, when it comes to the planners, then it's about making sure that they understand the proposal that we're going to have. And we don't, there's nowhere to hide in a 3D model. If you present CGI's, you're going to present all the best views to try and sell your scheme. And that's not really the point, because I don't want to sell a shit scheme, you know, sorry. Yeah. but I want the scheme to be, you know, good from all views. And so this is the bit that gets really interesting for me. So we've got, you know, we've had multi-user VR since lockdown. We've talked about it for years. Lockdown happened. And we were like, oh my God, we actually have to do this. So we, you know, we've got 10 headsets in the office and we all took one home. And then we worked out that we could all meet in the model. So we were then giving headsets to clients and meeting up with them in their model, walking around them. So you have an avatar, and they've got like headsets on our ones. So you can talk to each other. And We were in different buildings meeting in the model space, which like, that is the metaverse, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I was thinking before we started, people are going to cringe when they look back on, on the metaverse, people using this expression, the metaverse in the same way that We once talked about surfing the internet, which now sounds very antiquated. I think the metaverse will sound antiquated. It will become, the internet will become, the metaverse or the metaverse will become the internet. It's just going to be the new experience of the internet. And there's nothing that I can do to stop that from happening. But what I can do is utilise the application of the internet in three dimensions to ensure that the buildings that we produce are better tested and a better, more, you know, when they're built, they're going to last better because more people have engaged with them and looked at the worst bits of them and tried to improve them. And, you know, the, from where we were two years ago, you know, like it was two years ago, exactly to this day when we had lockdown and we worked out that we could have people walk around and comment on our proposals in a 3D environment using an internet connection. That was already a very small metaverse. And now I'm just so excited because I'm seeing this stuff come out. And I'm like, oh my God, like we can do, we can put our model into, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to give away the thing that we're doing that is really cool, but we haven't done yet, which is that we're going to do. The first public consultation on using the metaverse. So we're going to allow people to come and experience our buildings open source, and so it's actually, it's we're going to do it for a site that we've bought. So with a client, so we've invested in a site in Harlow, and so we're going to do a public consultation using the metaverse. I have no idea if anybody's going to come or use it. You can come and give your. I definitely will. As a non-resident of Harlow, I'm not sure that your your opinion is going to carry as much weight as the people from Harlow, but. Like That's the application that gets me excited. And this is why I can square off the sustainability argument about the metaverse. I'm less interested in the NFT based, you know, the, like the sandbox and Decentraland where the land has a value and it's being speculated upon. I mean, that, that's interesting. If, it's interesting to our clients and certainly our clients are very interested in investing in it and acquiring value through the application of blockchain technology to digital land, basically. But that's not the exciting bit for me. The exciting bit for me is this more open source version. So we're using space for our, our experimental, public consultation event, which has its limitations, but at the end of the day, it's free and you can use it on your phone. And so Uh we already, during lockdown, we did a public consultation event for a school and we used QR codes on, so we had an internet page and it had a QR code on it, and then you held your phone up and you could then walk around like our model on your phone and it made your phone into a VR headset. And I was like, that's fucking cool that was you know we were really excited about that but it was actually only, it was a series of renders that were like spherical so you were actually you weren't really walking around you were just moving from one view to the next right. now with spatial i've got it on my phone and i can just zoom around my building on my phone that's amazing you know yeah. if i'm a user or a potential occupant of a building and i can just do that so easily the, the quality i want things to be tested as much as possible and, and this is the application of the metaverse that is really exciting is that it we get to road test at one to one scale, mass test a building before we've had to lay a single brick. And that's ultimately the most sustainable thing that we can do, I think, is to get it yeah, right. Yeah,
0: absolutely. It's something that I love about these stories. And it just really keeps me going and imagining because, from a business perspective, I think giving that sort of experiential element to your clients or potential clients it can be huge. I just imagined, you know, when you were talking about that gallery room, when you had a headset attached and that queue of people, when do you ever get a potential client or a person coming into architecture studio and being able to really feel into the building and what it would be like. And this is not only fun, there's this element of a little bit of like entertainment, I'd say almost, you know, like when you get into these like flight simulators, and you're just actually sitting yeah, in the yeah, cabin flying a plane. It's a bit like that, but uh, but it has that sort of business aspect to it. Oh, since I've experienced it and I liked it and it became like, this company brought it so much closer to me to provide me with that experience. Is this something that sticks to me enough that, you know, when I'm making a buying decision for hiring an architect, I'm going to call them back. And I I think it's of an interesting element also for that interaction with clients, because if you think about it, like obviously, and you know, with every single project you have community in London or outside wherever that is that you want to engage with you know with the experience of the building understanding a little bit who these people are how they're going to be occupying the building and all that stuff so getting that feedback is super crucial for architects and I think giving them that experience also can spark conversations that actually betters your design and makes you a part makes you and them jointly you know part of the design and participation so I, it's really great like when you shared all that, I just really thought about the experience of the customer and how, how that journey is enhanced, by you offering that additional service. And then obviously- We
1: offer it for free and we do that because we get a huge, to just, I don't mean to interrupt, but completely to with no. your point, we get a huge buy-in from a very early stage in the project when we, particularly with end users, like with developers, it's less relevant, right? Because the buy-in for them is only really the success of planning application or whatever That's their outcome. When it's an end user, so film, photographic studio at school, the clients there, we will show them a couple of different versions, early doors. And the one that they pick once they've been through the VR really sticks, you know? And for us as a business, you know, the thing that costs us money is when we have to late, make late changes. So mostly if we just run everything through to the fee proposal, we'll make the margin that we anticipate. When that goes wrong is when, you know, somebody changes their mind late on and you can't really recharge them. You know, we'll just take the hit. So with the VR, we get much greater buy-in from the client early doors and it doesn't then change as much. And that, So that's why we offer it for free is because yeah. it usually cements the design earlier. You have those harder conversations earlier in the process and then it sticks because they've really walked it. They've walked, it, walked around it and it feels like it's theirs. So I totally agree with what you're saying.
0: Yeah, that sounds amazing. And then obviously also that sort of extension of the experience of your design and of your product and by that also the brand that you're creating through all these applications, you know, it almost makes you question the purpose behind a website, for example. Before we had websites, we used business cards. I don't know. It's something that we don't do anymore for environmental purposes, but also because people lose them, you know, stash them somewhere in their wallets, never put it out. It's just that sort of thing. Whilst, you know, websites as great as they seem right now, and they sell their purpose that, that sort of concept of how we experience a certain brand through the website will also change with the metaverse and like advancement of technology. Perhaps right now we, we can't imagine exactly where it's going to go, but certainly it will become a little bit more three dimensional. I think it makes almost a stronger imprint to experience a building through an app through on your phone, understanding a little bit like the principles that you implemented in the design. So therefore actually understanding your vision rather than going on a website and reading about this and you know about a section, our projects, 2D pictures, data. And so that again takes me to that sort of idea of a metaverse and its, it's, it's service or its usage that, that can. Architecture Talk Tank is sponsored by the good people at Integrated Projects. A team of architects and technologists focus on the digitalization of the built environment. Did you know that there are more existing buildings in this world than websites? Yet only 0.0001% have been digitized. In response to this, the Integrated Projects team launched BIMIT to digitize any space imaginable. Offices, homes, mechanical spaces, you name it. Now any architect, engineers a reality capture specialist can convert their 3D scan into LOD 200 BIM just in hours, not weeks or months. Why does this matter? Well, now we can accurately view, verify, and quantify the spaces that we design, build, and operate. To learn more about BIMIT, visit www.integrated/projects. We can have in the future is that, you know, how we know technology and how we know communicating our brands right now through the internet and through the websites might change. It might change into something more experiential. If you're an early adopter of it, or if you see this as a possibility for your business, it can be extremely powerful actually for creating a stronger communication with your clients. And I see... From the experience of how you're advancing with this technology the value already created where you're at and now imagining that you could actually have that experience just at a click or a scan of a qr code and people going in it sounds almost more powerful than having a website
1: so we yes part of what we're doing is we're, we're building our office as well like a metaverse but again not in one of the ones where you have to where you require the blockchain purchasing so in terms of the Sustainability element, and you know, I know this is where the things get a bit—I don't know—like just unjustifiable. Is like most NFTs in the way that the blockchain is like in 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 the way you have to transact for them via via blockchains are hugely unsustainable because it's like that processing power, which is just like wasted energy. That's not the office that we, we want. The open source one that is essentially yes, there's a file that lives on a server somewhere, but we've got our you know our whole server is on the cloud. You know, it's, we've got a lot of 3D models that live on our server and, you know, yes, we should probably question that, but what we're doing with our metaverse application is no greater than just storing a file online. Of no, course. You know, there's no, there's, we're not using blockchains to underpin that office. We want it to be an open source office.
0: Yeah.
1: And again, that's because we want people to be able to come via either a phone or a desktop or a VR headset and engage with us in this space so that we can, you know, start conversations with people that aren't immediately around us in London.
0: No, absolutely. And, you know, also I was thinking about that whole idea of generally being conscious around sustainability in the digital era. There's a lot of things that are not, we don't often talk about. Storing files is certainly like a lot of data out there that can account to perhaps some kind of CO2 emissions. And, you know, it, probably the numbers, if you put them together, are staggering. But, I remember in the past, I was having a conversation with this group of graphic designers that was actually helping me with my branding. And they said that with every single email that we send, there is a certain wastage of CO2. And I think that over 20 emails, it accounts to a cup of coffee. So when you start staggering then those kind of cups of coffees, you actually realize that it accounts to a lot of money per month. And so that sort of mindless, like sending of emails back and forth with one one word in there how many companies around the world are doing that and then so i think that generally we just stepped into this sort of space where technology is surrounding us yes there's a lot of things about it that are not sustainable but can we actually stop it because if we are if we're gonna be resisting this, it's not really gonna uh, us. And by us, I mean architects, because I find our industry a little bit of a dinosaur kind, a little bit traditional, a little bit resistant to change. Even though we're actually studying innovation, and in many ways, our designers were supposed to be like taking inspiration from new things and stuff like that. Actually, I find that all in all, as an industry, we're more on the traditional side. Hundred things- percent.
1: We're like we're trying to disrupt it, and it's. Because it's just right for disruption, but not just architecture, the whole property industry. It just is like antiquated. I don't know, particularly in the UK, NFTs have a place and that is actually to serve as digital way of processing land, like real land, because that makes a lot of sense. Like the land registry in the UK is honestly, it's like Victorian. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they've just got like, you know, the thickness of the boundary is like, it's a meter thick because it's all drawn at like one to 1250 and with a red pen by a person with a red pen. And like that, then, you know, when you look at it, you're like, oh my God, the boundary is like a meter wide. If you apply it, so using NFTs or blockchain technology for the purposes of processing land, it just seems so obvious it must happen. And yeah. but you know, like we've tried to be disruptive in in lots and lots of ways. And I find that we are like the way that we think about the world is to try and solve problems in new ways, right? Because that's what architecture t- teaches you to do. But mm-hmm. then I find mostly that architects are like, oh no, but this is the way that you do it. I don't care what the way it is that you do yeah. it. I, don't, I, I think that's a stupid way. And we that's yeah. the way that we've always tried to be is like to, you know, sometimes that is the correct way, but you might as well try and think about solving the problem rather than just doing it in the way that everybody else has always done it. And I do think we're an industry that does that quite a lot.
0: So let me ask you a question. Do you think that with the world moving towards the metaverse, architects are going to reduce their value and now be looking at fully joining the digital craze and designing only for the digital realm, Or is this something that we should look at more from a perspective of emerging? So, yes, we're still building physical, which is what we're meant to do. This is our role in the society. However, using, and I think you've given enough examples of ways in which we can enhance our services and enhance our projects, but actually having that digital presence as well for the experiential purpose, for the purpose of selling those ideas, for the purpose of dividing land and many more, I'm sure, because after all, if you think about it, land, real estate, everything we do as well in the physical realm is actually for the business. It's either to sell for mortgage or to rent. And so therefore these sort of applications of again, reselling or renting spaces and land are going to be applicable in the metaverse too. And in the digital realm of the experience of architecture. And so it just gives more possibilities as well. So what do you think about that? Like how
1: brands require architects to design things for the metaverse where probably video game designers will be better because but I reckon that video game designers probably won't be very good at designing stuff in the real world. Yeah. So I think you know, there's gonna be I think there needs to be a merging of a sort of architect and digital you know, people that specialize in digital environments to produce experiences for retail brands in the metaverse, like that needs to happen. Is that the thing that I'm interested in? Not really, but there is definitely an opportunity there interested in the application of, like, in, in how we can enhance our experience of what happens in the real world via yeah. the technology that is offered by the metaverse, or like any tech. That's the yeah. purpose. Of, that's, we set up the company to try and disrupt the industry by using technology to create better worlds, in, like yeah. real worlds, not, not metaverse worlds. They yeah. happen to be a tool that we might be able to use to make the real world better and that's our top line right so we're building our top line is we're building a company that defines the future of cities Two halves so we have to build a company and that company has to define the future of cities and that together is our like north star and everything needs to come back to that for me the metaverse is one tool that will help us but it's either got to help us build a company or deliver the cities of the future right because that's ultimately what we're trying to achieve and i think That allows us to, like any other tool, CAD or SketchUp or, you know, ArchiCAD or whatever, they're all tools that will help us. It's Mm -hmm. about building real world experiences for people that put humans at the heart of the city. That's our like next line down. Yeah.
0: And Um, so I think that perhaps it's, it's fair to say that this idea that now with the presence of a metaverse architects need to change their role and become digital architects where basically it's very similar to being a gaming designer. It's wrong. It's a misunderstanding, it's a misconception. People can,
1: can yeah, Zaha, I think, you know, jumped straight on that bandwagon and probably rightly so, because that's the, you know, like the lack of gravity, I think helps with their building design. There definitely is a place for people that want to do that. That's not what I want to use it for, but I do think there is a legitimate way that you will be able to make money doing that.
0: I think that having a lot of conversations also with some of the speakers of Disrupt, in the backstage of organising everything, I asked pretty much everyone what they think about the metaverse because it's a big topic. And This episode of Architecture Talk Tank is brought to you by the MGS Global Group, a team that provides on-demand CAD and BIM drafting, as well as renderings for architecture firms. In today's environment, with everyone experiencing a surge in projects and staffing challenges, MGS Global can deliver your drawings on time and within your budget. So why work with MGS Global? Their customer service is exceptional and they provide quality for value. They have completed over 5,000 projects worldwide, a testament to their work. Now you can focus on design and let MGS do the rest. Check them out at www.mgsglobalgroup.com you know, I've learned my lesson about early adoption (laughs) after crypto, blockchain, everything else coming out. And I haven't jumped on that wagon. Even when, you know, social media had better algorithms, I wasn't there. And, you know, today we have people that have millions of following just because it started a year earlier. So all that stuff really shows to prove that there is some power in being an early adopter. And I think that A lot of architects today are looking into this topic just to understand their role and how that can actually enhance their businesses. But I do think that too many people analyze that prospect as something that perhaps it's forcing you to change from physical to digital. And I think it's a little bit like when we started to get access to. Grasshopper, Parametric and other programs like this where we can actually, yes, we can design surreal structures that perhaps you would never be able to engineer in a real life and you can move into that realm and play with it, but you can also use that for environmental simulation to yeah, understand yeah. and to enhance your designs and so therefore, how can we actually draw inspiration from practices like yours, Oli, where, you know, we're looking at what is the practical application of these new tools, whether it's VR or again the metaverse or NFT and all these topics, to what I'm doing currently to enhance the experience of my clients, the communication of the project and the brand with with the clients, and also essentially the better delivery, so cutting mm-hmm. costs on improvements, late adjustments of, of designs, and all that stuff that we talked about. I think this for me is certainly very inspirational, um, and I think it's the first time I've heard of such ideas, even though obviously VR and all that technology is not new. It didn't just pop yesterday. But but it's great to hear that you guys have had experience delivering that. So what is next for you guys? What's the what's what is the next step, especially in the respect of the metaverse topic? Are you guys developing some new exciting things?
1: We haven't done our metaverse public consultation yet. It's taking a lot longer to build the model than we thought it would. And you can only use eight different materials, which is really limiting. But that's the next, that's definitely the next thing is to be the pioneers of using the metaverse in this specific way, which is to test. And I think we'll hopefully get some press around that back in the real world. We work to a sort of five year plan with one year increments. And so it's like, we want to work at a city scale. And so now we are trying to, you know, consolidate the city scale projects that we have. Mm publicize that's what we're doing like i said five, you know six seven years ago we were designing house extensions and now we're designing whole bits of city and that's been a process where we've planned out what needs to happen along the way to get to the next point and you know we are now only starting really to work at the scale that we originally wanted to work at so yeah. the next step for us is to become known at that scale and that takes a lot of work i think that's our next thing
0: yeah I was just thinking, with obviously with sort of the beam technology and a lot of that technology that already allows you to start building and experience it online or through the computer, through digital, we talk a lot about digital twi- twins and the experience of the digital. Do you think that there could be also a business application of selling? Because I've seen that a lot of practices, or not maybe practices, but businesses do that, release an NFT, but then also send you a physical thing. So you buy a you know, Prada or Gucci NFT and then you get a statuette or a little sculpture or whatever piece of art in a post too, which basically has the same code or whatnot and it's that NFT. So you have the sort of physical element and the digital. Do you think that that could be somehow a way to deliver projects in the future where we actually give access in the metaverse to the digital model of the building also for clients?
1: Yeah, I think there's two really interesting ways that, that could work so one i think you could this is one of the ideas that i'm again excited by is that you could fund buildings so you could fund a, a real life building somebody like me buys a site and i go okay i want to raise development funding i could set i could auction off you know sell tokens which have a real life value when i build the building for people to invest in the building you know in the same way that normal investment would work but you could be using blockchain to ensure you know to essentially guarantee their money against Instead of using the land registry and a charge, which is like the legal form that you would do in the UK, you sell a blockchain, which is actually attributed to the piece of land in question. And then the building, once the building's finished, and then you could, you know, get your, that would gain value and you could, you know, use blockchain technology or an NFT to give the person the value back at the end. So that's quite exciting. And then I think the next version on from that would be the NFT would be a three-dimensional digital twin, which is what you're talking about. So. You have a real bit of land, then you have a digital twin, and that digital twin is the NFT, which has the value of, which holds the value of the real building. That's like the sort of it's like the three D land registry with blockchain technology, which I think would be amazing and is probably some way off, but somebody should do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I've been talking to a friend of mine who runs a company called Integrated Projects out of New York, and they do reality capture. And he actually was interviewed as well. Interviewed on this podcast, and we were talking about how they get commissioned by different clients to actually scan their buildings in BIM. And so he had a thing Renzo Pianos or one of these big architects building where the client actually asked them to re-scan it. And I was thinking, I'm sure the architects have already the model, they're not being paid for re-scanning it and recreating the model, which already someone has somewhere, you know, and it's just that back and forth, going back on each other, you know, like, could we already think about the application of physical and and digital because of all these aspects of, you know, if you build a university, I'm sure the client, which is the university wants to have access to plans for many reasons for showing how to rent out offices or bigger areas for events. If you have, you know, a big university like that, I'm sure that is partially an income source for you and so therefore how do you sh- share that you know that value of those spaces do you always do a physical tour around the big university or could you do a digital and in that case if you need access to digital why would architects not provide that straight away with the building I think we're stepping into this this realm of technology where those things become more and more obvious whereas before we were really not even considering that to be you one have of to the tour of hard,
1: women of- really, to do like a physical walkthrough from a 3d model because a lot of if you go to stay in a hotel a lot of them have gone around with i can't remember what that camera is called and you know they just have so then you have a 3d walkthrough that's hosted online but it's just a series of 3d photos yeah the point of like spatial or you know any of these open source metaverses is that you're right we've already got the model why you know why would they go around and scan the actual version but like it's going to be a lot easier to just use our 3d model and host it on spatial for example and then allow they can use it for their marketing you know and for loads of stuff for if you're renting an airbnb you could use it to give people directions because you could show them you know you could say here it is and this is you know in an apartment building it's right at the top this is the walk up the stairs That you know the potential for hosting real 3d objects on somewhere where the interface is really easy is the bit of the metaverse that i think is going to be a game changer
0: yeah absolutely what a fascinating conversation i actually almost feel in the last few weeks i've had a lot of these talks with people that are Purely building for the metaverse, I also attended some, some podcasts with, with experts just simply to listen in. And I think that you beautifully tie in the concept behind the usage of, you know, all that sort of accessibility to the technology and the, the, what the metaverse can hold potential for us but also bring it all down and ground it into what we do as architects yeah, um,
1: you like stuff that's you know that's why we got into it right
0: yeah i see an, a fascinating application for not only you know the communication of projects but also the development of a nice relationship with clients and you know and- like giving them this experience that is unforgettable of your projects and brand. And I think that that's a very powerful way to do business and, and develop a brand. And so I think, yeah, I hope that the listeners also get excited and inspired by this. And thank you, Oli, for joining me. So where do people find you if they wanted to connect?
1: Oh, Yeah, so com is our website. But on, what am I mostly on? LinkedIn. Just search my name on LinkedIn. I use that as my most main social media. If you go on Instagram it's just like pictures of me and my mum I think you can (laughs) go via so I'm happy to answer messages and stuff
0: brilliant excellent thank you so much for joining me and sharing all this story and I'm wishing you all the best for following your metaverse journey
1: (laughs) thank you and I'm sure I'll catch up very soon
0: excellent thank you so much thanks also for all the listeners take care everyone Architecture Talk Tank has its own frequency. We're not a regular podcast, but we are here for you, always. If you have a suggestion for a guest or have a story that others in this community can benefit from, please contact me via social media or email me directly at me at Saracolara.com. To sign up for my newsletter, simply go to the website saracolara.com. I am on Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. You can find me by typing my name, Sarah Colada. Come say hi. I'm always excited when you reach out. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.